Don't talk with your mouth full. Remember that. Practically everybody was told that at least once as a child. Some of us more recently. Where is this leading? Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man! It's the Spud Goodman Show! Let's get ready, Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister! It's Spud Goodman! Greetings, I am Spud Goodman, and you're now listening to a radio show that some feel is not that shabby. Please don't ask for verification of said claim, as I currently don't possess such. Basically, I base this pronouncement more on anecdotal evidence, like talking to my paperboy, you know, who listens sometimes, the, the guy who works at the subway near my apartment, and of course my mom. They all seem to like it, so take it for what it's worth. With me is our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. That's your cue. Uh, right. My name is Gerald Holcomb. Let there be no confusion on that issue. But, Spud, i got to tell you, I'm pretty darn excited about yeah, but tonight's But you say show. you're excited about every show. It loses impact yeah. when you go to the well too many times. Well, I don't feel the same degree of excitement with every show, Spud. It does vary. Like, tonight, I would place this level of excitement to be in the top five since I started doing the program with you. Well, again, from from those from the world of like science and research, yeah. they would demand further empirical data to back up that kind of statement. I, I just rest my case, all right? And now, now mm. I need to uh, introduce our designated laugher, Gina. Glad to have you with us tonight. Well, thank you, Spud. I may not exactly be excited to be here tonight, but really? um, maybe mm. it would be more accurate to describe my position as tacit acceptance. Well, I'll take that as I truly need your laughing. I really, really do. I don't want to think about what it would be like to you know, do this show without knowing a hearty and affirmative laugh will accompany whatever comes out of my mouth here <laughs> on the air. <laughs> Yeah, designated laugher can cure many a radio show's ills. A hell of a lot easier than handing each listener some happy pills. And then having to deal with the side effects of a cold sweat and the chills. Well, listen, I, I want to once again interject that I also fill that role adequately. It's not the same, you know? And any successful radio show needs a female voice contributing an enthusiastic laugh to break up the all-guy vibe in the studio. And it only makes common sense. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Yeah, I understand that, but sometimes dueling laughing can be disorienting to listeners. No. I myself feel there should be a primary laugher, and that would fall under the job duties of a co-host. I don't want to pull rank here, um, but... If you think you can do my job better, 
better than me, then yeah. by all means, knock yourself out. Hey, Gina, there will ne- that will never happen on my watch. You are the designated laugher, and rest assured, no one will infringe on your territory. Dude, you, you're going to have to what? take your laughing down a notch. More background, less lead laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine? That's just the way it's going to have to be. Oh, thank you, Spud, for respecting my position. No I problem. Re- I appreciate it. No problem. Well, you know, this might be a good time for me to bring this up. For the last few months, I felt we might not be on the same page. And though I know, Spud, you are strongly against fraternizing with yes. each other away from the studio. Absolutely. What do you say about you and I going out to dinner this weekend? You know, dinner? Get a chance dinner. over a nice meal to get to know each other better. There is so much about you I would like to know more about. Okay, now, like now, now you're about to make this show an unsafe working environment oh. with your inappropriate personal requests. Be aware, I will not accept any attempts at invading my privacy. Well, it's just a dinner. I'm so hungry. You, you, look, you can pick the place. Oh, actually, I'll need to run that by my wife. as She's pretty picky about what restaurants we frequent. I'm sure she would be okay, though, with wherever you want to go. Well, <laughs> your, your wife? What? What? The, why the wife? Are you not out, allowed out alone? Well, what are we talking about? It would be on the weekend, and that's family time, Spud. You know that. I'm pretty sure I can get a babysitter for the youngest one, but gosh, the oldest is just too busy these days to be bothered with that chore, I Look, guess. Look, the answer is a firm no, and right now I need to play some music, if oh. you don't mind. No. All right, these two musicians performed this song on our Foxnet cable show in 97, I believe. I am referring to the highly talented Mark Eitzel of the American Music Club and Peter Buck, of course, of R.E.M., The tune is titled, In Your Life, Roll It.
But I just wanted to let you know, our first guest, yeah. Sinbad, is holding on the line now. All right, well, tell the interns to be ready for my mom to be calling in right about now, then. Really? You know, when she learned he was coming on the show, she started pumping me for his personal cell number. <laughs> Did you give it to her? What? You think I'm a rat? I would never give up my guest personal information. Uh, at least not to my mom. You know, she does seem to have a rather voracious sexual appetite for a woman her age. Yeah, I know. It, it's kind of a long-held trait on both sides of my family tree. Really? But anyway, just put Sinbad, Sinbad on, please, right yeah, now. I yeah, want to talk to Sinbad. You got it. You got it. I want to talk to Sinbad. All right, please welcome comedian, actor, writer, and former member of his high school math club, Sinbad to the show. How you doing, man? You're good, man. I can't be mentioned in that club. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, you got to be proud. You got to be proud. So I, I, lim- oh, I am, let, me, let me get this out. You're going to be appearing at the Emerald Queen Casino in Tacoma September 25th. Showtime is 8.30 p.m. Tickets are available online and at the door. All right. Got that done. <sighs> All right. So Sinbad, I got to give you a heads up that my mom is listening now. She's had a crush on you for a long time. And uh, mom... I know you're probably you're 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 probably trying to call in now. It's you're not you're gonna have to give it up. You're not gonna sleep with this man. It's not gonna happen. So anyway, Sinbad, I'm sorry about that. It's, all right, I'm sorry. That's all good, man. That's all good, brother. All right. So I did some research, and we'll do a little bit of this is your life. Um, but before I do, I gotta ask a follow-up question to my earlier uh, math club uh, reference. So after high school, you also played two years of college basketball. So p- besides playing at the university University of Denver, did you also do the team stats too? Because math is a big part of statistics, right? Yeah, math. I, I was actually on the team for four years, man. Wow! All right, super. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a bad four years, but I was there. What'd you play? Post? Uh, no, you. Know, I played post, forward. I mean, I was. I just like to jump, rebound. That kind. Of, I was that kind of cat, man. All right, super. So you didn't do team stats, though. You let that. You let the manager did that or something. Was that team stats? You didn't do team stats because I know you got a you got a head oh, for math. No. But okay, all right, just ask. No, man, no, I never did. I never did that crap, man. 
right. <laughs> All right. You started out in comedy while serving in the Air Force, the U.S. Air Force, and you were stationed in Wichita, yes. Kansas. Were you the go-to funny guy in the barracks, or was it totally shocking to your buddies that you, in fact, had the gift of making people laugh while on stage? No, I was crazy everywhere I went. Uh, what what prompted you to go into the service, if I could ask? Usually there's a story. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. I don't know what I was thinking. I, was, I, got, I got out of the Air Force. Uh, I mean, out of college, I was kind of lost. And then uh, I joined the Air Force, man, because I just wanted to fly helicopters and play basketball. And did you do both? Uh, no, I did. I did. I played basketball coming up and helicopters. I thought I could fly, but they said, no, you got, you got to re-enlist. I thought, it ain't going to happen. But it was the Air Force talent show, so I, I appreciate the military. It was the Air Force talent show. They got me started doing comedy, and it was called Tops of Blue. It's a big competition. They travel the world and everything. So, but I got thrown out before I could go. But at least they got me together. Really? All right. Well, you know, this yeah. year, this year you did like stand-up shows at Kandahar and Bagram air bases in Afghanistan. Since you were discharged honorably in the '80s, you realize you didn't have to do that. I mean, we're talking about tough places to work, a rough neighborhood, man. No, but, but you know what? We did this only, you know, we did the best. You know, we, I, I always go back. I always go back and give back to the military for what they did for me, man. Well, that's, that's great. It's always, it, yeah, it's always cool. All right. Um, any interesting story it's over there? Anything? Was it peaceful or? No, neighbors, you know what? It's, it's all military cats. So it was always, man, you know what? Cats over there doing their thing, man, working so hard, man. So I was just glad to be over there, man. All right. All right. Six, um, you never served in the military, did you? Uh, excuse me for just a quick second, Sinbad. What? No, I never served in the military. Do you ever look back at your life and wish you did serve your country? I know I have regrets myself. Even if Sinbad had to leave the Air Force a little early, he still did his duty and served his country. Well, yeah, I mean, there have been times where I, I do feel a little bit guilty about not doing my part. Especially when I'm watching war movies, I just try and look at it from the perspective of what would have been best for the military, given my skill set, you know? You know, I'm the only Holcomb in the last couple of generations who has not served his country. And I gotta tell you, I have deep regrets about this. Well, my dad was in the Coast Guard for a few months until he went AWOL. I think he wanted to go to see Elvis in concert and, and he couldn't get his leave approved and I guess the tickets were really expensive. That's, that's what my mom told me. Yeah, that would have been a tough call. Now, I do have hopes my oldest might get into West Point. He's in ROTC at his high school. Well, I wish him luck. Now can I re return to the damn interview with Sinbad, please? Oh, sure. Well, now I'm going to do a little bit of This Is Your Life. You, you took the name of Sinbad and later entered Star Search and, and actually did beat out Dennis Miller in one round. So my question is, was that the Dennis Miller before he turned into a right-wing blowhard? We like the old Dennis Miller. I'm just, just curious. But remember, 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 Dennis Miller used to be a Democrat, and then he, then he went the other direction, remember? Yeah, I totally remember. That's what I'm saying. We like the old yeah, Dennis yeah. Miller. Yeah. So what was... So it, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's funny, man. You know how guys... You know what? I guess you have a right to flip-flop whatever you want to do, man. But I was, I was like, you know, that was just... I think we go through whatever we go through in life, you know? And that's what he was going through at that time. Well, was he a poor loser when you when you, you kicked his ass? No, uh, no. You know what I do, man? This in comedy is so subjective. So on any given night, you might you might win, but that doesn't mean you're the funniest character, the unfunniest person. It, it just is what it is, you know. Well, yeah, that's, that's probably true. I, I, I was yep. just curious if maybe losing, you know, it can be a life changing event for someone, and maybe that turned him into the cranky get off my lawn kind of guy. I don't know. Just just curious. <laughs> 
never mind. Yeah, destroyed his life. Yeah, that's kind of leading to that, but all right. No, well. I, don't think, I don't think that's it, man. Right. It just, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> All right. In 2010, you were fired by Donald Trump on Celebrity Apprentice. Do you harbor any ill will towards the Donald now? Man, you, 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 can't, get, you can't get fired from a fake job, dude. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so that means you Remember, didn't... Remember, it's a oh. fake job. Oh. Yes, you can't fire me from a fake job. <laughs> oh, so you didn't get unemployment compensation or anything afterwards? Or no, no, I didn't get, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was, you're not really getting fired. It's, you know what? It just, it's just one of them shows, which I really didn't want to do in the first place with my agent. Once we got an opportunity, I said, man, not really. <laughs> I should have gone, gone with my gut feeling. So what you're saying is, uh, you know, with these reality shows, everything that happens on there isn't really totally all true. Is that, it's kind of... There hasn't been, has been a real reality show since the first Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, all right. That was for the record. We've got an inside scoop there. All right. Um, <laughs> so um, last question, Sinbad. Uh, I'm going to ask you this, and I want you to dig deep. What has been your most memorable moment on Earth to this point, besides speaking with me you know, in the interview? <laughs> I don't think, you know what? If I only had one, my life would have sucked. Oh. I, I had many, man. I had many from the time I was a kid to the time I was grown. So I don't think if you only have one memorable moment, you really haven't lived a life. People say, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite this? Dude, I think if you only have one, then why were you here? True. The whole idea is to have a bunch of experiences, man, to have many experiences. And dude, I've met some really cool people. I've done some really cool things. And to be honest with you, I haven't had the one yet. That's why I keep living. Wow. Super. Um, well, can, can, on the flip side of that, can you give me the worst moment? Damn, what's the worst moment? What's the worst moment? Oh, man. You know, if it was the worst, I probably don't remember it. <laughs> I don't hang on. I don't hang on to negative stuff. So if it was the worst moment, I don't remember it. Wow. You have that. You have an ability that I sure wish I had. I can tell you that. Yeah, man. You just move. You got to move on, dude. All right. You yeah. got to move on. You can't hang on. You can't hang on to a worst moment. <laughs> I like to let things fester. I mean, it's just a personal <laughs> thing, but all right. <laughs> All right, is there, uh, is there anything in closing you would like to say to my listeners, Sinbad? Because, uh, I mean, you, you've you been known to throw out some pearls of wisdom over the years. Is there anything at all you want to say? Man, you know what you got to do, man? We don't know how long we're going to be here, man. You got to have fun. You got to do something you enjoy doing. And you can't always worry about what people think about what you're doing. We worry about We always worry about what somebody else thinks. Man, let's stay paying all your bills and taking care of everything for you. Do your life, man. Wow. Yeah. Do your life. I'm writing this down. Take responsibility for your successes and your failures. Well, success. I don't have a lot of experience with the success thing, but the failure thing, I hear you. I totally hear you. So. <laughs> All right. Man, the fact that you, the fact you're on the air, you got success. So you can't say that. The fact that you talk to people, that's success, man. Well, you got don't it. ever, don't ever downplay your successes, man. Don't downplay them, man. I think he just maybe put a little pep in my step. All right, super. <laughs> All righty. Once again, Sinbad will be appearing at the Emerald Queen Casino in Tacoma on September 25th. Showtime is 8.30. I want to thank you so much for checking in with us tonight. Cool, man. All right. It's all there, good. There you have it. Sinbad. And all you men out here 55 years old trying to date some girl 20 like she like you. Are you out your mind? She wants your house. I don't see no 20-year-old girls with a broke-down 55-year-old man with no money. You don't see no girl 20. Oh, he's, look, look at the homeless dude, but he's cute. Hey, hey. She wants you to die. If you keep messing with her, you will. 
You want a woman that understands the signs of stroke. That's what I'm looking for. A woman that got my medication in her purse. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. I thought you took it. I thought I did. You want a woman that's your nurse. See, if you go to dinner with a woman that's 55 years old and you, your little lip curl up, she know what to do. Hey, 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 hey. Jamal, Jamal, look at me. Jamal, look at me. She'll get you to a hospital and save your life. But a girl 20, quit making faces at me. It's not funny anymore. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right, musical guest interview time. Please say hello to our musical guest for tonight, Vanilla. Gentlemen, if you don't have valid ID on you, just say your name and the instrument you have an ongoing relationship with. Sean Gaffney, Telecaster. Jay Jarman, guitar. Cord Taylor, bass. Dana Sims, drums. All right, super. Hey, please give us the condensed Wikipedia version of Vanilla, birth date, divorce, incidents of physical violence within the band, etc. We are uh, a pop band from Tacoma. Two, uh, three-fifths of us are from Tacoma. Two-fifths of us... Uh, God, this is a math test. Uh, from <laughs> Seattle. So we're like Northwest guys. We play pop rock, and we've been in various things for years, and, man, we, we, we can't wait to, to get out and play today. Any instance <laughs> um, instance of physical violence or anything within the band? I know you've only been together a little while, so anything happening so far? No. Okay. Only, right. only physical <laughs> violence on our liver. All right, there you go. Um, so my, my co-host, uh, my actually designated laugher, uh, wanted to ask you a question there. Um, yeah, how big of an influence were the bands Danzig and Cradle of Filth on you guys? Oh, Dan- <laughs> Danzig was an enormous influence on you, Sean, wasn't it? Well, he's my mother. <laughs> All right, super. Hey, if Vanilla gets really big soon, who would be your first choice for the opening act on the world tour? Danzig. Dan, Dan, Justin Bieber. All right. But whoever it is, will you let them play for more than 20 minutes and, and maybe let them have the leftovers from the spread in your dressing room? Because obviously, inequity on the rock tour thing is, is just a, it's a social problem that nobody's really facing. Yeah, if it's Glenn Danzig, he can have the green M&Ms. All right, there you go. All right. So what's the name of the first song? High Karate Girls. Oh, I've heard this one before. Let's do this. Yeah. 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. Don't go away or you'll miss the amazing conclusion of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief timeout. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Say, uh, Spud, the wife just texted me regarding the yeah. dinner plans, uh, and she had a few suggestions that we all might enjoy. I need to ask you, do you like Thai, or are you more of a sushi uh, uh, guy? Plans? What plans? I don't like fancy foreign food. Huh? I'm a grilled cheese, fish and chips, cheeseburger kind of guy. What's that chicken still doing out? Foreign food? Spud, you bring in Taco Bell stuff all the time to the studio, well, so you've got to like Mexican. Uh, yeah, if you want to get technical, I guess. Uh, but... You also <laughs> seem to love the pizza that other people bring in here sometimes, and so I no. assume you enjoy Italian I, food. I'm not so sure pizza was invented outside of America. You know, maybe it was some <laughs> Italian dude from New York City. I mean, that's possible. Have one of those interns. Yeah, you one of you guys. Yeah, Google um, it. I'm pretty Dinner. sure. Is served. Gerald is right on this one, Spud. A pizza did originate in Italy. Really? Well, all right. Uh, well, at least I know a grilled cheese is 100% American because it's made with Kraft American processed cheese. That's not up for debate. It well, smells really good. Uh, how about we go to your favorite restaurant, Spud? That should alleviate any concerns well, on your part. I'll get Rachel to sign off on it as this is about our working relationship yeah. and how to make it a much well, more productive it, one. So you and the wife wouldn't mind grabbing something at Denny's? Then Den- Denny's? Seriously? Mm-hmm. That might be a tough sell. Listen, if if it's grilled cheese or an omelet you want, how about I find some place that has that kind of food on the menu, but it's a little bit more upscale. Nothing posh, but, you know, something everyone would appreciate. Gerald, you know there is nothing better on earth than a lumberjack slam with bacon, sausage, eggs, hash browns, and ham. And Denny's has locations everywhere these days, even Vietnam. So, so Gina here, would you like to go? I mean, seriously, I mean, if we went, you're not going to want to go to a French restaurant, though, right? Because oh. I'm not into, like, snails or those yeah, crepe, crepe things or um, whatever they are. Yeah, I'm pretty easy, as I enjoy all types of food. Say, excuse me, but I was really intending this to be a, a bonding experience between Spud and I, Gina. Uh, please don't take offense, but... Look, I, would I, be I, be- I, thought, I thought your wife was coming, you know? Well, we work with Gina. She's a very important part of this show. Of course she's going to be coming if I do end up going. End of discussion. Yeah, thank you, Spud. I do appreciate that. I mean, hmm. what night would we be going as I would need to make sure that I get a babysitter? Dinner yeah, well, was Gina, over hours Gina, ago. Would you, would you mind, though, leaving your significant other at home on this one? I mean, I hate it when I'm the only one at these things without a partner. I mean, not that you would have to be my date, of course, but when others look at us at the table, you know, they're going to assume that I'm with you and not alone, and I'd feel a lot less judged and, and would help with my digestive issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. I, Cameron really doesn't care to attend my work things. He's really into his model trains when he's home. So hmm. super. I, yeah. All right. 
Well, I don't know about any of this. Maybe we can discuss it further later when we're off the air. You know, I There's really nothing wa- more to discuss. Now, please do your job and see if our next guest is holding on the line. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. And, um, uh, yeah, but I'm being told that our next guest, Andy Dick, is ready to go. Yes. Yeah, I know you're excited about having him on the show. Yeah, that's right. I told our illustrious executive producer that it was time that she booked someone I wanted on this program. <laughs> and to get me Andy Dick, as I've been a fan for a long time. Through the good times and bad in his career. Yeah, you know, it's been a bit of a struggle at times for him over the years. Yep, like for the rest of us, too. So put him on. Oh, right, yeah, here he is. Please welcome to the show a guy who, in my opinion, has not received his rightful due in the world of comedy. A man who, you know, maybe has experienced more than a few bumps in the road in life, but keeps on ticking. Say hello to comedian, actor, musician, and producer Andy Dick. You left out director, my friend. I did. That was my bad. Sorry That's that. fine. I love it. How are you? I'm uh, actually doing not too bad tonight. Um, so, Andy, you know, when most of my guests come on the show, they're promoting something, but you, you know, are speaking with me basically because you've been harassed. Don't make that, like, stalked nonstop by my producer, Lori Madsen, on my behalf. Do You know, uh, Captain Ahab may have been on his own personal, you know, mission to meet up with his target, but you are my own personal obsession. I just want to say this because I've been a fan for many, oh, many years. So I'm your Moby Dick. No pun intended. Actually, actually, no pun whatsoever intended, actually. I'm your big white <laughs> been looking I mean whale. Big white whale. Whatever the case <laughs> might be. Whatever the case. Whatever the case might be, you're out there with your harpoon, your nets, and you fi- here I am. You got me. I'm on, on the deck of your boat, and you're cutting me up for scientific purposes, quote-unquote. So let me do a little bit of This Is Your Life, Andy Dick, if I may, okay? All right. Now, if you want to, but most, for the most part, people can Google it, but sure, go ahead. Well, for the, for the lazy people, I'll cover a few, few issues. You, know, you later co starred okay. in the movie You're in the Army Now with Polly Shore, and in your web series in 2012, you had Polly on and teased fans with the possibility of a sequel. Any truth to this potential project, or were you just being, like, too pothia, just being cruel to us? Uh, well, first of all, that was my very first movie. I had to have a screen test for that movie, which I thought screen tests were... Really? I thought they died in the 1940s. But no, I had to have a screen test. I had to go in and act on camera with Polly, And I, you know, I got the part. That was my first movie. Um, it was a horrible experience for me. Really? Um, yeah, it was very hardcore. It wasn't... The set was not pleasant. Um, the director... You know, I, I was having fun on the first couple of days until the director came up to me and said, look, this is Polly's movie. You, you have to stop being so funny. And I'm like, that is strange. Um, don't, I thought that's do. why you hired me. You hired me to be funny. You know what? I'm just going to be smooth as silk. I'm just going to do my best acting I can pull out of my bum hole, and that's what you're going to get. Good acting, grounded in reality, and that's what you get with that movie, which is not bad. So... People love the movie. Well, in 2008, you appeared as Dr. Bradley on Star Trek Voyager. Were you a Trekkie growing up? Because I really can't buy that because you were Homecoming King in high school, your senior year in 83, so they just don't... I don't know. What are we talking about? Well, nothing in my life makes sense, including Homecoming King. I was a character in high school. My friends and I, I didn't even come up with that stupid idea. My friend said, why don't you run for Homecoming King? And I said, because I'm not even in any sports. I'm in all the drama clubs and classes, and you know, I'm, a, I'm an A student, and that's not my bag, man. Right. I'm not the captain of the football team. The captain, Brent, uh, literally his name was Brent Brent uh, what is it Brent Jim Jim Bonebreak that was his name 
Ooh. And he and he looked like a gym bone break. He should have been, and I do feel bad that because he should have been the the homecoming king. We did it as a as a lark. My friend said, "Let's put up posters because the slogan is so funny. Don't vote for a jock, vote for a dick." And I went, "Well, you guys do what you want. Well, it sounds fun." We we went around. I campaigned as a joke. I was always just playing the part, you know. And then all of a sudden, I won. It was like the joke was on everybody, including me. I am the one that had to walk around with the with the, the, the crown and the cape with my beautiful wow. homecoming queen. Yeah. And, and it just was, I, the whole thing was like out of place and awkward for everybody involved, but we had to, to do it. And then to, to parlay that into the Star Trek thing, never really was a Trekkie. I always thought the show was kind of weird and I didn't, I didn't grow up on television at all. I grew up with my brother in nature. We were always just making each other laugh. That's why my brand of comedy is so unique and different because it really wasn't programmed by television and movies. Um, I, I just wasn't. So um, Star Trek, when I saw it occasionally here and there, I'm like, what is, what is this? It looks like you know, some kind of weird high school production of a science fiction. I didn't even get it. But Ben Stiller was a giant Trekkie to, to the point that we had... I think George Takai on the original pilot, was it mm -hmm. George or it was one of the Star Trek people. And the thing is, is that it is such an institution, not unlike uh, Saturday Night Live or any of these other like institutions that when somebody said, hey, would you like to play an EMF mock? And mock to doctor. I'm like, I'm a hologram doctor. And they, they tease me with, you know, because you're a hologram, that means you're a computer image. That means you can go forward and backward in time and you never die because you're a computer-generated hologram image. That'd you can be, cool. be in the movies. And I'm oh. like, this sounds great. It sounds lucrative. It sounds fun. I, I get to be in this whole other world, the Star Trek world, which, as you know, is a gigantic whole other world. And I'm in it. I have a... I have a a, a baseball card, I guess you wouldn't call it a baseball card, but a Trekkie card of my character. I've gone on signings. I've, I've never have gone to the big expo or whatever they have. But yeah, it's a whole other world that I cracked into. And, but, but, it, but by default, once again, just like the Homecoming King, it was a fluke, it was weird, but it was fun. Well, for the record, I got to say, I myself was a lost in space guy and took considerable abuse from Pierce from that guy. Say, well, Jonathan Harris was a national treasure, so it was an easy call for me. But as I have said many times, never fear, Smith is here. Yeah. All right. Well, as a journalist myself, I would not be doing my job if I didn't at least touch on the occasional unfortunate incident or two that you don't think that you've experienced over the years. And I don't know if you're okay with me laying this out to listeners, but I'm totally fine. I'm used to it. But you've had a couple issues with substance abuse in the past, correct? A couple. You're being nice. I'm trying to be. A couple. A couple handfuls. Well, yeah. Well, I watched every episode of Celebrity Rehab Sober House. I recorded them, actually. And you were amazing. So uh, here's, a qu here's a question I wanted to ask you, though. Uh, it's about Dr. Drew. D did he see you guys when the cameras weren't rolling, too? Because he wasn't like Bush yeah, right after I Katrina think, and just no, did a flyover. he's the real deal. Okay. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. Dr. Drew has been a friend of mine for 25 years. So I've been his friend all throughout all this time. And then when push came to shove and I felt like I really did need help, the only person I trusted was my friend and uh, doctor, Dr. Drew. He's a real doctor. He is an addictions specialist. He has since removed himself from the whole addictions industry because it's convoluted, man. Convoluted. People start uh, raking him across the coals because some of the people on the, those shows have died. Yeah. Not yeah. his fault. 
Right. You know, he was just treating the sickest of the sick. Of course, there are going to be people in a group that is literally the sickest of the sick that are going to die. He chose to really be a savior and try to help the people that probably weren't going to die anyhow. He didn't make people die. And so he, he just, sad to say, kind of took his hat off uh, as an addiction specialist. I still go to him. I still talk to him. I still love him. And he is the man and he helps. He still helps a lot of people. He just doesn't get paid. And by the way, he never wanted to get paid. When he was running Los Encinas and uh, the Pasadena Recovery Center, he, the reason they, those things he, shut down is because new people took over that wanted to make money. This rehab thing is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar industry that he was not a part of that part of it. He just told me recently he was making less than 20000 a year to help people, to be on call 24-7 every day, all year, every day, all year, less than, like, less, literally less, less than 18000 a year. Just so you know, for the record, that's the real true deal about Dr. Drew. Right. You know, I'd, I'd asked Adam Carolla if Dr. Drew was actually human and not a cyborg or a robot, because he seems kind of detached to me. But he said, yeah, he's human, and he's a great guy. And, you know, I guess everybody loves him and knows him. That's pretty much true, huh? Too much of a human, if you ask me. I was just telling him last week, I'm like, you get too involved. He sounds detached on the air because he's trying to give out, when he's on Loveline, he's trying to give out a lot of information to people who have a problem. And he's trying to give them the... The, the, the medical terms and he's trying to plow through so they can get as much information as they can and but he really cares too much huh. too much he gets but way I was too thinking involved maybe you should think about hydrating yourself properly before each show I read that excessive consumption of Pepto-Bismol can lead to dehydration given its diuretic effect why do you care if I have to pee a lot too much peeing is not going to kill me. Well, maybe not, but if you do get dehydrated, you could maybe pass out and fall and hit your head on a table or something here in the studio. Dying on the job, it's too high a price to pay. Pepto is a liquid. It tastes different than water, but it works in a pinch when I'm thirsty. I worry about you, Spud. You really need to take better care of yourself. Hey, if I kicked a bucket here live on the show, they'd probably have you finish out the show, so you might want to rethink your advice. Oh, uh, well... Heaven forbid if that happened. But anyway, get back to your interview. <clears throat> All right. Andy, you've stated in the past that you live in a garage or guest house in the back of your family's home. Do, do, is, that, is that true? And do you have cable out there? But, but I was proud of the fact that it was a Home Depot shed that I had pimped the f- out. But no, now I live in a sober living. It's called Soba. S-O-B-A. Soba. Best uh, rehabilitation treatment center on the earth, if you ask me. And of course, I am the go-to guy for that. I'm the expert. I'm the connoisseur of rehabs. I've been to, I lost track, but it's around 20. So this is the place to land when you really are serious. It's in Malibu, Mm -hmm. S-O-B-A, look it up and just come on in. I've been here, but I'm in the sober living part and they're gonna have to pry me out of here and kick me out, give me the boot, because I'm doing so well. It's been 10 months of just good, clean living next to the beach. And basically every day I have to breathalyze, I have to randomly pee in a cup, and I have to be accountable for whether or not I'm staying sober, which I need. I like that. It's like having a surrogate father. It just so happens that the surrogate father is this institution-type situation called Soba Treatment Center. The people that stay here the longest have the 
best chance of survival. And I'm not kidding about survival. There are people, people just drop dead out there in the world right now. Yeah. There are people hanging on by a thread right now that can hear my voice. They're hanging on by a thread. They need to, as I say, hashtag, turn on a dime. They need to turn about face. They just need to, to do it, do it, stop. Put the drugs down, put the alcohol down, turn, walk yourself into a treatment center or just go to an AA meeting. You don't need money to get sober. You just need to stop drinking, that's all. It's simple. All right. Uh, Andy, I want to say how much I appreciate you actually doing this because, uh, like I said, we've been in search of you for months and months, and we finally did find you. It's sort of a rather amazing tale, if I might say. So thank you for sharing a bit of your life with us all. I, I know my listeners uh, enjoyed it, and I can't tell you uh, how much I did myself, all right? Oh, well, you're the sweetest, 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 and tell your producer... That beautiful woman, and I love her. Yeah, I'm in hopes we can talk again sometime down the road. There you have it, the man, the myth, Andy Dick. This is Colin Quinn. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. All right, once again, Vanilla. We'd like to dedicate this to Andy Dick.
Say, uh, Spud, our last guest, Michael Reagan, is holding for you. Okay. You know, he's a good guest to have on right now with what's going on, you know, with the Republican Party food fight. But as you know, I've been a lifelong Republican, like all Holcombs. Right. But I do find the current field of candidates to be a bit too large still. Hopefully more will soon follow the advice of Scott Walker and drop out, too. Yeah, really. Uh, you know, maybe the opening act kids' table debate soon will be history. Mm -hmm. And you'd have to be pretty freaking desperate to put yourself through that humiliation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I've enjoyed them myself. Well, all I can say is just get, uh, you know, the razor blade ready for that Rick Santorum bumper sticker you have on your Saturn real soon. You just, hey, that's coming down. But just just put Michael on right now, Yeah, please. you know, don't don't count Senator Santorum out just yet, Spud. But here, here's Michael Reagan. Please welcome author, actor, radio talk show host, and political commentator Michael Reagan to the show. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing great. I didn't know I was an actor. I guess I was for yes, a while. Yes, you were. But yeah. I, guess I, I guess I failed miserably. Well, I mean that's relative in that in, in our industry, I should say. I'm part of that industry. Oh no, I actually I actually did uh, six shows with my mother back in the 1980s, Jane Wyman and Falcon Crest. So I did act for a minute. Absolutely. In fact, I, I was definitely going to go go to Falcon Crest. You, you actually did some films too. Let's be honest, right? Oh, that's right. I did. I did do that uh, underground film. Yes, I did. Uh, absolutely. That's right. Yes, it's one of those one of those ones people show me every once in a while. And say, you, this is you. And yeah, that's me. All right. So <laughs> you had a SAG card, right, at one time? Uh, I certainly did. Yeah. yeah. All right. Super. SAG card, after card. Yeah, all those kind of things. And then I got into talk radio. What can I tell you? Right. Well, I hope your people told you I'm not exactly a conservative radio talk show host myself. Uh, truth be told, uh, I kind of an, uh, an alleged member of the Democratic Party. But since all the action now is in the GOP with a gazillion people running for president, we thought, who better than you to break down what's happening? I mean, right? Oh, there you go. That That's me. Yeah, I'm the only one not in it. I'm actually not running for office. That's right. And I mean, your father was the 40th president of the United States of America, so you know a bit about this stuff. So let's begin with your father. If I if I may, how does it make you feel when every single candidate running for office at any level as a Republican in this country kind of co-ops the name Ronald Reagan in their stump speeches and debates? Do you wish you had like copyright control over those trying to still ride on his coattails? No, actually, I wish I had a dollar oh. for every time they mentioned my dad's name. There you go. I mean, it's already it's already a drinking game. What can I tell you? So it's like it it is what it is. I mean, on one level, it's very, very nice that they do that. Yeah, right. And so on, but they really, they really need to kind of let us know who they are. We know who Ronald Reagan was, and most of the people who were voting um, today weren't alive when my father was president of the United States or governor. Uh, so they have to actually, when they hear the name, they have to Google it. And so I, I would suggest that they tell us who they are and where they're going to take the country. And that's why I tell each and every one of them. Uh, if they call me and talk to me, or I'm with them at an event, that's what I say to them. And but they still, they still do it because they're trying to be uh, more, uh, 
I guess they're trying to be more Reagan than Reagan. Right. Well, I know if it was my dad, I would say, you know, you, 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 you're okay with using it. You over there, I don't really want you to use my dad's name. That just that would just be me. But. Nah, you can't do that. You can't use hey, don't use your dad's name. I mean, you can't. That's what they do. That's the last big leader that the Republican Party had was my I know, father. So I know. you can't say don't use my dad's name. Right. Well, I know your father believed in not speaking negatively about other Republicans. That was kind of one of his tenets. So how do you think he'd feel about Donald Trump ripping off Don Rickles' act towards his fellow candidates? Yeah, well, look, I tell you, it's the, uh, you know, my, my dad never endorsed in primaries and stuff like that, and he'd probably be very happy that he doesn't endorse, he wouldn't endorse in, in primaries. And it's interesting to watch this whole thing play out. I mean, Donald Trump called me the other day, and I talked to Trump, and he said, listen, Tom, you can't blow the building up on the way through it and expect to put it all back together for a general election. Should you ever win the nomination, all of these people are going to have to be on your team as you go forward. And if you keep on doing what you're doing, uh, you probably won't win the nomination. You certainly won't build a team that's going to win an election. And, of course, Donald Trump did what he always did. So, well, thank you very much. And goodbye. Right. Um, well, you, you mentioned working across the aisle. Looking back, Ronald Reagan did something else that right now would be considered heresy, you know, in today's GOP. When the workday was done, he was able to socialize with the opposing team. They would battle hard, but later maybe be able to have a conversation and even a drink, possibly, together. So what's going on today? Because the atmosphere those founding fathers were thinking of when they set everything up, I just don't think they'd be into this. It's it's more than just opposing teams right now. It's more like a weigh-in at a championship MMA boxing, or, or, or excuse me, an MMA uh, match 24-7. What's going on? There's too much media. You have talk radio I was in for 26 years, and and talk radio isn't really in there to tell you the good news. They're really in there to find the little nuggets of bad news and sell it and get ratings on it. And so my father today would probably be seen as a rhino within his own party, as John F. Kennedy would be seen, you know, as not a member yeah. of the Democrat Party. He would be too conservative. Reagan would be too liberal for the Republicans, Kennedy too conservative for the Democrats. Yeah. I mean, you think if Ronald Reagan were to run for president today, for example, and you only knew him as governor, you can't know him as president because he's running for president. I mean, he did raise taxes, he did sign an abortion bill, he did sign no-fault divorce, and he was a union leader. Now think about that person stepping forward today to, in fact, run for, for the presidency of the United States. He would be thought of as a rhino uh, because of those things he did as governor. But where did it take the state of California? It moved the state of California forward, gave us a surplus and what have you. He did yeah. what he had to do as governor when he was president in order to get his tax bill through in August of 1981. What did he do? He brought Tip O'Neill to the White House at dinner with, the, with Tip O'Neill. Tip O'Neill and him, who disagreed on every issue known to mankind, uh, were able to work together to give us the largest tax break in American history. Ronald Reagan started his negotiations from areas of agreement. He didn't walk into the building with areas of disagreement. He said, "Let's. where do we agree? Let's get that done. We'll worry about the disagreement stuff later. Yeah, he was actually kind of a pragmatist in that when there were times uh, for a need uh, for increased revenue, he actually faced that head on. What a concept, huh? But Yeah, anyway. I mean, it was concept. It, it, really, it really was kind of a concept and, and, and what have you. And we just we don't we don't do that today. I mean, you have people um, in the Republican Party, which bothers me, who use my father's name and then on this whole immigration issue. And the Ronald Reagan I knew, the Ronald Reagan I grew up with, the Ronald Reagan I was next to for years, you would never take, for example, the Dreamers, the young people who were brought here by their 
by their parents uh, as babies uh, who've gone to school here. He would never take those people and throw them out of the United States of America and say, go home to a country you've never in fact lived in. That, that isn't Ronald Reagan. That wasn't his heart. Spud, what? do you realize you're speaking to a guy whose father brought down the Berlin Wall? Are you going to bring that up? Uh, Michael, just one moment. Uh, that works. Yeah, I probably should have. You know, we do have a lot of listeners in Germany now, but... Well, it, how about asking Michael if he got to sneak some of his adoptive father's jelly beans growing up? You know, President Reagan loved jelly beans, and so do I. That must have been really cool. I, I don't think I'll ask him about jelly beans. It's just not a dignified question, you know? Okay, but jelly beans are a very popular candy. I think people would love to hear if Michael could eat jelly beans anytime he wanted as a kid. Not gonna ask him about that, okay? Okay. I have to get back to this thing, so just keep it down. All right, I'm back. Thanks for, for the patience, Michael. Yeah. Um, well, Michael, let's touch on your career as a radio talk show host. You know, a lot of people like to also just get, get their news and then have form their own opinions instead of letting someone else's opinion, you know, color theirs. Well, if that's the case, I just want to tell you, I know you were in the business for so long, and maybe you didn't catch this, but theres I have listened, and there's a, a whole lot of nasty things being said out there, so I just, I don't know, I just thought I'd pass that well, on. Well, it is. But I, you know what I tell people? I say, if you want to have a wonderful day, read the comics in the newspaper. Don't read the front page. Read the comics. Um, listen to country music, and don't listen to talk radio. You can tell the people who listen to talk radio because they're angry all day. Right. I mean, they're just angry. Well, earlier, you know, we did refer to your career as an actor, appearing on Falcon Crest and other shows and films. But I want to ask is how important do you think having a grasp of show business is for candidates running for office nowadays? I mean, could a, could a low-key guy like an Adlai Stevenson or Henry Cabot Lodge make it to the main debate group, or would they be, get shoved, too, to the kids' table debates like Bobby Jindal and Lindsey Graham? Could, very well could be the kids' table because the media just, it's about, you know, uh, you're right. Uh, you know, I, I suggest to, to young people wanting to get into politics or whatever it might be uh, in their lives or into acting. I tell them, I, you know, in the politics, take an acting class. Ronald Reagan took an acting class in college, did 26 plays while I was in college. What do you learn? You learn how to communicate when you're taking an acting class. Yeah. And, none these, and none of these guys running anymore, girls, they don't take acting classes, so they, their communication skills aren't really that that good and they trip all over themselves and sometimes they trip all over themselves because they're trying to think they're trying to remember what they're supposed to say because some consultant has told them what they need to say to certain questions to attract you know somebody to in fact vote for them um well, I just want to tell you, uh, I've, 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 uh, this has been quite an experience for me. I have very much enjoyed my conversation with you, and I want to thank you so much for calling into the station. You got it. Anytime. All right. Mr. Michael Reagan. It's coffee time. All right, we have to wrap this show up now. So, Gina, did you decide where you would like to go to dinner yeah, at? Yeah, maybe we should talk about this off the air. Well, I... uh, you know, Spud, I really think it would be best if it was just us guys for this dinner. No need for women as we could talk man-to-man -man about... No, Gina, no me. We are a package deal on this one. 
Uh, that is unfortunate. I don't know how to say this as I'm somewhat of an uncomfortable position here, but let's just say what? Rachel would not feel comfortable with Gina and I being at the dinner what? table together. Is your wife worried about you getting cooties from Gina or something? Well, no, not cooties. The truth is she thinks Gina and I might be having inappropriate contact with each other. Now, as I've told her many, many times, Gina and I only have a platonic working relationship, oh. but she feels otherwise. God, you have to Sorry. be kidding me. Are you serious? Well, dinner I, was over. I, I, I think ago. it stemmed from when we had to work late in the studio doing those voiceovers last month with you. Oh, I think I just threw up in my mouth. Oh, could one of the interns get me some water and a paper towel? Dina, we feel your pain on this one. Being a juggalo makes it tough to say you live like a nun. But regardless of how much you like to have fun, Relations with Gerald would be about as enjoyable as staring at the sun. Hey, yeah, hey, why don't you guys get her some water? You know, I'm sorry about this. Rachel's always been the jealous type. That's no secret. I don't want to have a big scene at a restaurant. Can you two just understand my position with this unfortunate situation I'm in? Haven't you told the wife Gina here, you know, just had a baby? I mean, with that postpartum depression stuff, she couldn't mm. even have an affair for a few more weeks yeah, probably, I'll man. pass it on, but I doubt it helps. Oh, whatever. Hey, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Ugh, more water, please. I think I just, just a little bit. You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show. No more a waste of your time than other vacuous programs currently on the air. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pites. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Spud's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. tuned for an eclectic mix of music. Stay tuned for captivating talk. Stay tuned for insightful analysis of the Spud Goodman Show. Stay tuned for the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Here is your host, Lawrence. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lawrence, and I will be your host tonight for the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. And with me is my co-host, Gina. Gina, 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 so glad to have you with me tonight. Yeah. Oh, and I'm so glad to be here after that first hour with Spud and Gerald. Oh, oh, this is a much-needed breath of fresh air. Yeah, that sounded rough. Though. I was listening to that. That's kind of awkward for uh, you there, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I'll take a while to recover from, to be accused of being oh. the other woman. It's rather unsettling with that Gerald Holcomb for 
crap's sake. Jeez. That is not super. You know what? I didn't buy that. There's no way that you would sleep around with that guy. Right? You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, he might be a player and all that stuff, but, but you're not his type at all. And he's not your type at all. You know, hey. You worry about his wife, you know, dropping by your apartment and kind of uh, leaving you like a message, like a boiled rabbit or one of those, something like oh, that. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. didn't even think about that. Oh, well, if it comes to that, I can I can handle myself, you know. Yeah. Do you know I do kickboxing class at the Y? Super. I yeah, I'm getting pretty good after a couple of months. Oh, scared of you, Miss Badass. Hey, who knew? Um, uh, hey guys, hello. Would this be a good time to introduce me? I mean, as far as I know, Gerald Holcomb's <laughs> wife is not a part of this radio show, and I am. Oh yeah, all right. My bad, my bad. All right, say say hello to our highlight guy, Derek. And what? That's it. Nothing more to give to any new listeners tonight? Some background on who I am and what other things I bring to the show besides the interview highlights? Look, 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 no. You know why? Because that's your job. You're the highlight guy. <laughs> but, now, what, what, you want me to lie and say that you're a foreign correspondent on the on the show's, uh, or the show financial expert or something? Well, you want no, me to, Can you do five minutes on the prospects for the down S&P next quarter? Oh, I, mean, I, I wish you? somebody could let me know, because my 401k is really sucking right Super, now. Super. Um, it's just rather uncomfortable for me to toot my own horn here. I mean, can either of you two help me out and say something about me? Okay, like what? Like uh, what? I think you are way better off not opening up that discussion. I mean, that's just my advice. <sighs> you know, whatever. I know regular listeners know what's going on. A concerted effort to keep me down, to prevent me from shining. But you know what? I have a gift that allows me to overcome whatever obstacles you and others place in front of me. Go ahead and give me your best shot. Like Donald Trump and rubber, it only bounces off of me and comes back to you guys. Oh, really? Okay. You went with the old rubber angle? Yeah, I went there. Come on, man. I've Super. heard that since the, the days on the playground. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to introduce our panel tonight. We have Dave on the soundboard. Once again, Dave... Hey, Good how you doing? evening, Lawrence. Good Pleasure evening to be to here. Yeah, it's nice to have you, and it's nice to have our engineer, Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great tonight. Oh, good, good. And we got our, uh, our two ex-community college interns here. We got Anna and Trent with us. Say, hey, say hey, guys. Hey. Why am I still here? You know, we, we're glad to have you here, no matter why you're here. You know, and uh, either you guys given thought to, like, maybe maybe just, like, following the Grateful Dead or Fish or something, like, doing one of those kind of things. Hey, if I was your age... That's what I would be doing. And don't forget about following the insane clown posse. I, they don't play that many shows, so it wouldn't take that much time or commitment. I, I think, think that's super. Yeah, think about it. I have their tour schedule for 2015 if you're interested. Yeah, she likes that, that, that posse there. All right, why don't we get started with some music here. Uh, first up is the great Tony Bennett and his tune, Just In Time. And following that, we have one of Spud's all-time favorite bands, the Sonics, with Shot down. But we're going to lead off this set with uh, Mr. Tony Bennett. Just in time, I found you just in time. Before you came, my time was running low. I was lost The losing dice were tossed My bridges all were crossed Nowhere to go
came just in time You found me just in time And changed my lonely life That lovely day mm, I was lost The losing dice were tossed My bridges all were crossed Nowhere to go In time, you found me just in time and changed my lonely life that lovely. to the Spud Goodman post-show report. All right, all right, in the studio, we, we got with us Vanilla tonight. How you guys doing? Very good. Good, nice to have you in here with us. Hey, let me ask you a question. I ask a lot of people this question here. Uh, any of you guys done any serious time? I'm talking like prison time, because, you know, 
there's five of you. So I figured the odds are pretty good that at least maybe one or two of you did some time. You know, uh, what do you think? Now, now, I'm not talking about it like this. Because, you know, they always wanted to fill up the prisons with because it's for-profit thing. You know what I'm saying? So, Well, there's one reason I'm sort of in the band. I can't name which guy, but I need to be with him at all times. So I took my law and justice background, learned to pay, play pedestrian guitar, and I'm sort of per- parole guitar player guy. Okay. All right. Super. Now, that's smart. That's how you do double duty that way. You know, you work and have fun. Trying to. Yeah, that's a smart man. You guys, you get a good idea right there. Now, and I'm going to be honest y'all. I'm not partial to vanilla milkshakes or anything like that. But, you know, I do like put a little dash behind my ear when I'm going out to the clubs. That's a trick that my mom taught me and all that stuff. But I got to keep that on the down low because, you know, I don't want that to get out. Because you know, it does drive the ladies wild, you know. So so you just don't tell anybody about that. So, now, now, do you dig what I'm saying here? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You bet. Yeah. Super. So it, on your stage shows, do you guys uh, maybe dismember stuffed animals or, or anything <laughs> like that? Because, I mean, that's a big highlight at the ICP shows. Well, you know, we do furry conventions, so the dismemberment part would be illegal. And then we'd end up, you know, doing hard times. Are you saying that you're down with the clown? I am down with the clown. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, hardcore with the clown, yeah. All right, I'm just going to jump in here real quick. And uh, uh, if you guys ever need management, I'm thinking of starting up a side business. Uh, so when I get some business cards printed up at Kinko's, I'll, I'll let, pass one on to you guys. Yep. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah, you be careful what you you get what you pay for with with the uh, with Derek over here. Hey, hey, um, you guys uh, like uh, any break dancing? Because you know I just got me a nice piece of cardboard, and I'm gonna try to break it out, do a couple of moves I, I knew back in my day. You know, you guys into that break dancing? Jay still has his members only jacket, and I tell you what, when he puts that on with the parachute pants, no telling what happens. <laughs> I only like to break dance when I have my clown makeup on. Oh, yeah. Right? Kind of the JCP yeah. break dance. Yeah. Uh, you guys it, you know, and then I add a little dash of vanilla and it drives the ladies crazy. <laughs> yeah, awesome. see? See, this this guy knows where it's at. You guys got to keep this drummer right here. I'm getting <laughs> a little older, so, you know, I break a lot of stuff when I dance. You know, I broke my ankle. Break dancing has a whole new meaning. Yeah. Super. <laughs> That's the chance you take. Eh? All right, you guys going to play a last tune for us. So what's the name of the last song you're going to play? Hold Me Like a Grudge. All right, Vanilla. Yeah. 
So uh, our first highlight of the night tonight comes from Spud's interview with Sinbad, where he talks about people experiencing life-changing events, things that make them, you know, kind of do a total 180. All right. All right. Um, well, now I'm going to do a little bit of This Is Your Life. You, you took the name of Sinbad and later entered Star Search and, and actually did beat out Dennis Miller in one round. So my question is, was that the Dennis Miller before he turned into a right-wing blowhard? We like the old Dennis Miller. I'm just, just curious. But remember, but remember, remember, Dennis Miller used to be a Democrat, and then he, then he went the other direction, remember? Yeah, I totally remember. That's what I'm saying. We like the old yeah, Dennis yeah. Miller. Yeah, yeah. So what was so it, it, Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's funny, man. You know, guys. You know what? I guess you have a right to flip-flop whatever you want to do, man. But I was, I was like, you know, that was just, I think we go through whatever we go through in life, you know? And that's what he was going through at that time. Well, was he a poor loser when you when you kicked his ass? No, uh, no. You know what, dude, man? This comedy is so subjective. So on any given night, you might you might win, but that doesn't mean you're the funniest character, the unfunniest person. It, it just is what it is, you know. Well, yeah, that's, that's probably true. I, I, I was yep. just curious if maybe losing, you know, it can be a life-changing event for someone, and maybe that turned him into the cranky, get off my lawn kind of guy. I don't know. Just just curious. <laughs> All right, never mind. Yeah, destroyed his life. Yeah, that's kind of leading to that, but all right. No, well. I don't think I don't think that's it, man. Right. It just you know it is what it is. All right. Um, well, how much has network television? Uh... Mate, you know I, I hadn't seen Dennis Miller in a long time. Is he still around? Is he still doing his thing? No, I'm not really sure. Apparently, he's a cranky conservative, from what I gathered. Is he on Fox News? Is that what he's on now? I, I, have ne- I haven't Fox seen him. That's uh, the movie The Net. Is is he is he uh, Glenn Beck's assistant or something? All right. Well, you know, maybe we'll do some research and find out. But in the meantime, we're gonna we're gonna do some more music here. First, we got a band from New York City. This is Mr. B. P. Fallon and his band, The Bandits, with this song. Does anyone care what anyone says in rock and roll? And after that, we have Bird Cloud with Springwater.
and saves in rock and roll Does anyone care what anyone says in rock and roll? Maybe it's a love song, or maybe it's a lost one Or saving the bears on the North Pole Does anyone care what anyone says in rock and roll? Can anyone feel what anyone says in rock and roll? Can anyone feel what anyone says in rock and roll? Maybe it's a good vibe, or maybe it's a bad one Like ripping apart your heart and soul Can anyone feel what anyone says in rock and roll? It doesn't have to be vacuous It doesn't have to be frivolous It simply has to be something you can feel It simply has to be something that is real Does anyone care what anyone says in rock and roll? Does anyone care what anyone says in rock and roll? Whether it's a love song whether it's a lost one or saving the bears on the North Pole Does anyone care what anyone says in rock and roll?
trust what anyone says in rock and roll. Danny B. Harvey. Are we going to spoil you? Yes, we are. The crown king of Tex-Mex. I mean, this is incredible. I'm so honored. Joe King Carrasco. Stay tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hey, Derek, you know something? What's up? Gene and I were talking during the last set, and we are saying that uh-huh. you do a great job on the highlights. Oh, I know that. You do a great job on the highlights. Lots the, of people know that. The highlights is what you do a great Super. job on. Super. Just yeah. the, highlights. the highlights. That's right. The Just highlights. We didn't say anything your, else. That's, that's your home. Yeah. Just, that's, that's your niche. You got to feel, I feel yeah. like, you know, eventually I got to... I gotta, you know, I know you guys might have empty nest syndrome if I branch out, but you know, I got to get something else eventually. No, 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 no. Well, for now, I'll stick around home 
and uh, introduce our next highlight, which is the Andy Dick interview. And in this clip, Andy Dick talks about something happening in his life that he never expected to happen. All right. Well, in 2008, you appeared as Dr. Bradley on Star Trek Voyager. Were you a Trekkie growing up? Because I really can't buy that because you were homecoming king in high school, your senior year in 83. So they just don't, I don't know. What are we talking about? Well, nothing in my life makes sense, including Homecoming King. I was a character in high school. My friends and I, I didn't even come up with that stupid idea. My friend said, why don't you run for Homecoming King? And I said, because I'm not even in any sports. I'm in all the drama clubs and classes, and, you know, I'm, a, I'm an A student, and that's not my bag, man. Right. I'm not the captain of the football team. The captain, Brent, uh... Literally, his name was Brent, Brent, uh, what is it, Brent, Jim, Jim Bonebreak. That was his name. Really? And, he, and he looked like a Jim Bonebreak. He should have been, and I do feel bad that, because he should have been the, the homecoming king. We did it as a, as a lark. My friend said, let's put up posters, because the slogan is so funny. Don't vote for a jock, vote for a dick. And I went, well, you guys do what you want. Well, it sounds fun. We, we went around. I campaigned as a joke. I was always just playing the part, you know, and then all of a sudden I won. It was like the joke was on everybody, including me. I am the one that had to fucking walk around with the, with the, the, the crown and the cape with my beautiful yeah. homecoming queen. Yeah. And, and it just was, I, the whole thing was like out of place and awkward for everybody involved, but we had to, to do it. And then to, to parlay that into the Star Trek thing, never really was a Trekkie. I always thought the show was kind of weird. And I didn't, I didn't grow up on television at all. I grew up with my brother in nature. We were always just making each other laugh. That's why my brand of comedy is so unique and different because it really wasn't programmed by television and movies. Um, I, I just wasn't. So, um, Star yeah, he's lucky to not been programmed because, you know, that's yeah. clean living right there. You're not corrupted by that Hollywood style and all that other stuff. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Have you guys ever had something happen to you that you never thought would happen? Uh, it probably did. In, in the joint, you bet I did. I just don't remember it. I think it got you blocked it out. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I mean, having kids, I never really thought about that. And then, like, here I am. I have a kid. Yeah, yeah, it's like magic, isn't it? It is like magic. Yeah. You wake up one day and you're like, holy crap. And then crap. boom, you have a kid just sitting sitting in your lap. You know, yeah. yesterday I was out at the club and I was clubbing and now I have a sit kid in yeah. my lap today. Having a friend of mine, just one day he woke up with a kid in his lap. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he didn't even have a boyfriend or girlfriend, nothing like that. It was kind of strange. The parent never called to get it back? Well, maybe. The parent might have called to get it back. Uh, but uh, I, you know what? I wonder if that's my kid. Hmm. Yeah, I, I gotta, do, I gotta look into that. You know what? Let's do some more music here. Um, uh, let's let's begin with the uh, Blind Willie Johnson and his great tune, "Mother's Children Have a Hard Time." See what we did there? We didn't even try. And then after that, we have the Apostles of Devolution, and you know who that is? It's Devo, and they got a live cut of Jocko Homo. But we're gonna start w with the Blind Willie. Well, well, well. Ah, hey, lovely children have a hard time. Father, let children have a hard time. Father, day, 
The Lord, how many, where to go? Winding around from door to door. Have a hard time. Nobody on earth can take a mother's place when mother is dead, Lord. But on earth take mother's place when mother dies. But on earth take mother's place when we're starting fade away. Nobody treats you like mother well. Your wife, your husband may be good to you. When mother is dead, Lord, may be good to you, mother dear. Why, your husband may be good to you, but barren of an ill, prove untrue. Nobody treats you like mother well. When mother is dead, Lord. Oh, we're not 
It's getting hot in here. It's time for the next highlight. Yeah. Yep. In this highlight, we have uh, Michael Reagan talking about how his uh, conversation with Donald Trump went. Uh, he gave him some advice. Ooh. Let's hear how that went. Hmm. Right. Well, I know your father believed in not speaking negatively about other Republicans. That was kind of one of his tenets. So how do you think he'd feel about Donald Trump ripping off Don Rickles' act towards his fellow candidates? Yeah. Well, look, I tell you, it's the... Uh you know, my, my dad never endorsed in primaries and stuff like that, and he'd probably be very happy that he doesn't endorse, he wouldn't endorse in, in primaries. And it's interesting to watch this whole thing play out. I mean, Donald Trump called me the other day, and I talked to Trump, and he said, listen, Donald, you can't blow the building up on the way through it and expect to put it all back together for a general election. Should you ever win the nomination, all of these people are going to have to be on your team as you go forward. And if you keep on doing what you're doing, 
uh, you probably won't win the nomination. You certainly won't build a team that's going to win an election. And, of course, Donald Trump did what he always did. So, well, thank you very much. And goodbye. Yeah. Wise words. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, you, that guy, he's really kind of alienating everybody. I, You know, I didn't yeah. think that. I mean, I thought, like, the Michelle Bachmans were crazy and stuff like that. But even he's too crazy for, for Michelle Bachman. It's, you know, one of those times where, you know, like, the sequel, you know, is... I guess they say that most sequels are bad. And this one, sequel to the last election, even worse. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, he's kind of a minstrel. You know, so. if things don't go Trump's way, he can always just tell the country that we're fired. <laughs> if I, oh, you're That's fired. True. Yeah, we all... Did you yeah. know... We're all Donald Trump's apprentices. He'll, he'll, he'll Wait, if you guys get fired, fire can I take country. over the hosting position here? Derek. Ooh, I was working an angle on that. Yeah, you, you see how he slips that in yeah. like that weasel? You kind of yeah. got that. I think you got a little Trump in you. Are you like a a, 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 a baby Trump giving away at birth baby or something? Trump. That you, really hurts. Do you well, stay no. up at night like thinking how Ouch. to like find a way to, to take us out? You know, you know, I think if, if 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 Derek could like straighten his beard and kind of comb it around like Trump's hair, <laughs> he'd oh. he'd be like 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 one of those cartoons where you turn it upside down and it's a different face. You know? <laughs> That's a brilliant idea, Derek. Derek you got you know what? If Trump you could do that, your beard. you might get a sp- you Trump that beard. Trump the beard. Right. Trump the beard. I'll you, tell you what. I'll do that, and then I'll stand spot. on my head, and we can take a picture of it and see if it looks like another face when my I'm, face is upside down. I'm very down. excited. Oh. For yeah, this. you know what? I've not been something more excited. Since I got my first box of Pop-Tarts after coming out of the joint. I'm so excited about this. All right. All right. We're going to get back to some music. I'm just so excited now. We're going to start off with this throwback from Ice-T. You played yourself. And following that, we have something from the great Wanda Jackson. Let's have a party. All right. Let's hit play. This is it, dope from the fly kid The ice mic is back with the high bits Suckers you lost, the players you're not Gangsters you ain't, you faint punk If you ever heard a gunshot You're the pusher, the player, the pimp Gangster, the hustler, high roller Dead press folder It's cold lamping like a black king on the throne Evilly Turn up the microphone so I can ill and break on the rolling tape. Another album to make? Great. Islam turned the bass, kick up a bit. Hype the snare, now I got a place to sit. And ride the track like a black Mac in his lack. Hit the corner slow where the girls are at. And kick game the way it should be done. How you gonna drop science? You're dumb. Stupid ignorant, don't even talk to me. In school you drop math, science, and history. And then you get on the mic and try to act smart. But let me tell you one thing, you got heart. To perpetrate your bait, so just wait Till the press shove a mic in your face Or you meet Boogie down to Chuck D Stetsasonic or the Big Daddy And they ask you about the game you claim you got Drop science now, why not? You start to sweat and fret, it gets hot How'd you get into this spot? You played yourself Yo, yo, you played yourself I'm no authority, but I know the D-E-A-L When it comes to dealing with the females What you got, they want, cash is what they need Slip sucker and they'll break you with speed But you meet a freak, you try to turn her out Spending money's what I'm talking about But you fool out, your pockets got blew out And after the date, no boots, you got threw out Mad and shook, cause your duckers got took Call her up 
phone's off the hook But who told you to front and flaunt your grip You can't buy no relationship You played yourself Yo homeboy, you played yourself I'm in the MC game, a lot of MCs front And for the money they sell out stunts But they claim that they're rich and that they keep cash Yo, let me straighten this out fast 200,000 records sold And these brothers start yelling about gold You better double that, then double that again And still don't get sued, my friend You think you made it, you're just a lucky man Guess who controls your destiny, fans But you diss them cause you think you're a star That attitude is rude, you won't get far Cause they're turning you quick, you drop like a brick Unemployment's where you'll sit No friends cause you dissed them too No money, no crew You're through, you played yourself That's right, you played yourself You played yourself Yo, yo, you played yourself You got problems, you claim you need a break But every dollar you get, you take Straight to the dope man, try to get a beam up Your idle time is spent trying to scheme up Another way to get money for a jumbo When you go to sleep, you count five O's Lying and cheating, everybody you're beating Dirty clothes and you're skinny Cause you haven't been eating You're ripped off all your family and your friends Nowhere does your loss in the end And then you get an idea for a big move An armed robbery, smooth But everything went wrong, somebody got shot, you couldn't get away. The cops roll your pop, and now you're locked, yo, lamping on death row. Society's fault? No. Nobody put the crack into the pipe. Nobody made you smoke off your life. You thought that you could do dope and still stay cool? Fool, you played yourself. You played yourself. Ain't nobody else's fault, you played yourself.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hey guys, I know I know we had something coming up here, but um, you remember last week I was talking about my little bit. I just want to jump in here real quick, and um, I wanted to extend my thanks to all of the listeners who have taken the time to overwhelm the station with your emails and voicemails and text messages. I mean, requesting that I be given my own show. Can well, you guys? Can oh, you guys yeah. believe uh, it? Super. I, I mean, it, it really means a lot to me. I'm. I actually get a little choked up when I think about all the love you guys are sending my way. Yeah, I'm getting a little it's... choked up just, uh, you know, because I haven't heard nothing about no emails or voicemails. You know, where, where are you getting this from? Well, Derek? we keep Come that. On. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Spud would have mentioned that. I mean, do you know, Derek, he is not fond of you, right? Mm. No, he's he's just joking when he says that stuff to me. It's it's kind of our thing. No, it's, no, no, it's our no, bit. no. He is, I'm sure he is as serious as a heart attack. Yeah. Super. Yes. Yes, Bud isn't joking around when he uses those words he has uh, when your name is brought up in staff mm. meetings. Well, I mean, you know, it should be nice to be able to attend those staff meetings. Right now, all I have to, to go on is uh, the interns to let me know what's covered there. And Trent is terrible at taking notes, by the way, just so you guys know. Oh, I mean, how's that yeah. for effective communication among staff? Well, you know, that that's a valid point. I got to say, you know, they... They they do have their reasons for that they that they made you know uh, you just don't take it per- personal come on I sure would if it was me I mean just chalk it up to prof- I just chalk it up to professional jealousy I mean I have a tendency to threaten people who work with me I mean it's not my fault I was graced with the skills that I have hmm. yeah well uh, I guess so I don't know all right let's get back to some music why don't we Derek. Uh, we'll begin with a band that has performed on the show before. And, you know, I hope they'll be returning soon. That was Blanco Bronco and Not So. And then we have the Mercy's Fine Classic, Sorrow, released back in 1966. It was written by the McCoys and, of course, later recorded by David Bowie uh, way, way later, a little later in 1973. But first, we're going to start with Blanco Bronco. <laughs> Thank you. 
need to make this brief because we're just about out of time here but gina i gotta say you know uh i want I, you i really appreciate what you do to make the show work the way it does oh thank you lawrence and i will return the comp- compliment by saying you have quickly become a real pro at handling the host duties oh thank you I'm thank you pretty sure you have a bright future in broadcasting yeah you both do a fine job you know i like to think that i do a little something to help you guys bring your game to the next level it takes a village you know um, yeah, I, I think the village line is actually about raising kids. Yeah, you gotta super you gotta do your research better, man. You know, cause cause you know, Hillary, she might go go ahead and sue your butt. Mm. I think she will. So be careful. Super. Well, I'm gonna thank the panel here before we get going here. First I gotta thank Dave on the soundboard, another excellent, flawless job. Well, thank you very much, Lawrence, and it is always a pleasure to be here. We always gl- glad to have you too. And, and and you too, Mike. We appreciate having you engineering there. It's always a blast, man. Always. Great job, great skills. And of course, lastly, I got to thank our two ex community college interns, Anna and Trent. Thank you. Can thank I go you. home now? You, you're about to be ready to Trent, go home. You need to stop complaining. I know, I know. Boy, you know, you'd think for, for, for uh, not getting paid and not having to do college credits anymore that you'd be a little bit more energetic. Super, super notes. But you know, you know, you just grab grab the, the the brass ring and keep your nose clean, and you know the world's your oyster, y'all. You know, we're gonna leave you uh, with a bit of this last song. It's covered by Clean Living, and it's called "In Heaven There Is No Beer." So good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Keep those emails and calls coming to the station, folks. Derek out. out.
That's why we drink it here. And when we're gone from here, what well, our friends will be drinking all the beer. Everybody sing! In heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. And when we're gone from here, what well, our friends will be drinking all the beer. The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Associate producer, David Deere. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio highlights, Derek Schneider. Our interns are Anna Howell and Trent Botello. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Keeper. Keeper.